Hi, and welcome to Studying the Steps, a podcast from the Magdalen House, a recovery community for alcoholic women. We are a 501c3 nonprofit organization based in Dallas, Texas, and known affectionately by many as Maggie's. In this series, we take a deeper dive into the 12 steps as outlined in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous through discussion with an alcoholic woman active in our recovery community and with me, your host, Kelsey Amos, a recovered alcoholic and the Next Step Program Manager at the Magdalene House. Their personal experience and knowledge of work in the program can give insight on how anyone can apply and practice the spiritual principles to improve their lives. Please note, the curriculum we teach through our programs at Maggie's is from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. However, we are not an Alcoholics Anonymous group, and we are not associated with AA. We're so glad you're here. Thanks for listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Magdalene House podcast. This is Studying the Steps. My name is Kelsey Amos. I'm your host. I'm super excited to be back with you guys. Uh, I'm also really excited about our guest today, so I'm going to go ahead and just let him introduce himself. Hey, guys. uh, My name is Sean Thornton. Um, I am the program coordinator for the men's program here at Magdalen House, and I've been sober since January 1st of 2021. That's awesome. New Year's. Yeah. Yeah. It was not by choice, but um, (laughs) you know how New Year's Eve goes. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. So, Sean, can you tell us how you first got introduced, connected here at the Magdalen House? Yeah. So, I know some people who are associated with Magdalen House, and it's interesting because I had just quit a job, a sales job, a day before, and I knew that I wanted to help people. Um, and I've worked in recovery before, but I, I texted somebody to get some information for my resume from a previous recovery job. And it just so happens that that person is associated with somebody who works here as well. And I mentioned at the end of the text, yeah, I'm thinking about, you know, um, taking the, the program coordinator or interviewing for the program coordinator job. And he said, oh, well, I happen to uh, <laughs> be involved with somebody who's who's one of the managers there. So anyway, it, it, it was almost like a God thing. It was um, the very next day uh, I was I was setting up an interview. And then that same day I was I was given the position. So. That's amazing. It was it was amazing. Yeah. That is amazing. We're just so happy to have you. I mean, it's just the the fact that we get to help men now is huge. Yeah. And I know everybody's super excited about it and looking forward to seeing how the program's going to grow. So. Yeah, me too. I think it's such an amazing thing how much they've done for women in the last 36 years, 37 years. And to see what we can now do for men is, is really amazing. And I'm excited about it. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. So before we jump into the step that we're or steps that we're going to be looking at today, I want to kind of ask like a general question. So in your recovery journey, have you experienced a shift in your mental health as you work the steps or noticed a change in your mental health? Yeah, absolutely. I have. Um, you know, my mental health uh, was was not at its best when I was drinking, for sure. And um, I was not uh, spiritually fit by any means. In fact, that's one of the things that was really missing from my life. So that affected my mental health and my physical health too. So, uh, you know, working the steps has taught me to be more mindful of my health, my mental health, and my, you know, my physical health, and obviously my spiritual health. And I think all of those things go hand in hand. So it's working the steps has really given me a blueprint on how to how to better take care of myself and how to manage myself. And especially when things come up um, in life as they do, I've now got a toolkit, you know, 
that helps yeah. me to to deal with those things. So yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's affected my mental health for sure. Yeah, it just made me think of the line in the book on page 64, when the spiritual malady is overcome, we straighten out mentally and physically. Has that been your experience, you'd say? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I could always be in better physical fit condition. <laughs> Can't we all? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, overall, have I have I recovered physically and mentally? Absolutely, I have, you know, by solving that spiritual malady, which I didn't even know I had. Right. You know, I, I, did, I wasn't even aware that uh, I believed in a higher power, but uh, it was too much work to, to go into trying to understand what that is. And, mm. and, and I don't think I understand now. I'm no spiritual guru, but uh, I know that now that I've opened the door and, and invited uh, spirituality into my life, mm. that that has improved my physical health. There's a lot of things I could point to that I've seen improve in my life physically and, and mentally uh, and my ability to deal with life. Uh, on life's terms every day yeah. is, is you know, I, I couldn't be more grateful for that. That is awesome. I love that. Okay, so today, specifically, we are going to talk about steps 10 and 11. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us what these steps are and why they're important? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, step 10 is to continue to take personal inventory and and make amends, you know, immediately. That's not the exact verbiage, but basically keep your side of the street clean, you know, continue to take personal inventory, you know, steps four through nine. Uh, we've learned how to, to restore sanity in our lives, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but in order to continue with that and maintain that, uh, we have to continue to do that every day. So, and when you're, when you're taking your nightly inventory or you're kind of evaluating how your day went, you know, I think ultimately I've learned to, to reach out to my higher power to do that. And mm -hmm. I'll still talk to my sponsor every now and then. He likes me to do that. <laughs> it's important to be accountable to somebody, <laughs> right? right? <laughs> my higher power. And I've got some other people in my life, too, that mm -hmm. I reach out to. Um, so I've got, uh, you know, a, a wonderful, and I can't be more grateful for that as well. I've got a wonderful community of people uh, in, in addition to just my sponsor that I can reach out and talk to. But, uh, you know, I've learned to ultimately get closer to reaching out to my higher power and holding myself accountable to my higher power. Yeah. And, and going through that more often than not with my higher power uh, as far as going through my inventory. Um, and, and when I'm wrong, I promptly admitted it. You know, it's, I, I don't want to let things stack up under the rug. You know, if I keep mm -hmm. sweeping things under the rug, uh, those things are going to pile up and it's going to be a lot more difficult to, to repair that. Yeah. Um, so I've learned to try to keep my side of the street clean. You know, it's kind of like when you're cleaning a house. You know, if you wait to do it all on one day, it's going to be kind of a bear and you're not going to look forward to it. And you're probably going to avoid doing it. Yeah. But if you do a little bit of cleaning, maybe clean this room one day, clean the other room the other day and, and kind of maintain that, it's going to be a lot easier to, to keep it in shape. And, and so just keeping your, your side of the street clean, I think is really important. Yeah, it just made me think I always kind of tell people or I like to think of one of the greatest superpowers that we get out of the program is this ability to tell on ourselves. Right. Because that's not something I was ever doing before. Right. You know, and now it just kind of I, I don't like it when things sit too long. So. Yeah. You know, it's 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 almost like um, we've lost the ability to, to be dishonest or lie. Yeah. You know, when I when I have not told the whole truth to somebody for mm -hmm. I have withheld information or I've been dishonest, it it just it eats away at my core. Yeah. And until I can. um come clean on that or, or be truthful about that. 
So yeah, that's that's one of the things I love about what this program has taught me is it's really taught me how to to live an honest and respectable life and really you know cherish the people in my life and be honest with them and when yeah. you don't have to carry around a, a big bag of lies around on your back you know oh that my thing God, right <laughs> yeah. it gets heavy it you know does, so, yeah so that's one of the most beautiful things i think about the program is 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 uh, rigorous honesty that the book talks about for sure absolutely can you talk about so like in 10 you know, we get that, you know, I guess some people call it like the spot check inventory, right? Of like, you know, you mentioned you have people you can always go to and like tell those things to and, and all of that. And then going to your guidance for higher power. And so I think like, obviously with the nightly inventory in 11, we also have this, you know, the, the prayer and meditation in step 11. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of this ambiguous thing. Can you talk about what that looks like for you and maybe like how it's grown and changed since you got sober and what it looks like now? Yeah, absolutely. So um, when I first got sober, you know, I would go to page 86, 87, and 88 and, and really just read, you know, read what the book told me to read like a textbook, you mm-hmm. know. But as that, as, as time went on, I started to evolve that a little bit because my prayers kind of evolved. I've evolved a little bit. And I'm, I'm not going to say that I pray every morning religiously, but I do pray every day at some point. Yeah. Um, if I don't pray in the morning and try to start my day with that, you know, midway through the day, I'm, I'm going to notice that, mm-hmm. you know, and it's going to remind me. And at that point, I'll stop what I'm doing and I'll pray. Um, a lot of times I pray in the car. For some reason, praying in the car seems to be my go-to, but it, it's, you know, whatever whatever works for, for you. But as I used to read the specific prayers out of the book, eventually they started to evolve into uh, me praying to my higher power with whatever that meant to know whatever that is today is what I want to talk about and you know um, I'll ask for guidance most of all Uh, lately uh, it's really been a lot about gratitude Mm. and um, whatever I need guidance with that day but it's always about doing his will instead of my will I have to remind myself that every day so I, I turn my will in my life over to my higher power as I understand him every day but little did I know when I started the program that he was going to give it back to me every night. Yeah. You know, it's like the tooth fairy, you know, yeah. I wake up every morning and, <laughs> and there it is under my pillow again and I have to give it back to him again. So it's, that's something I've gotten used to, but, but the prayer and meditation is really important to really grow your spiritual condition, your spiritual relationship with your higher power. Because um, if we don't do that, we're going to certainly grow stagnant, I think, and, 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 and go back to our old ways our self-will controlled us so much before mm-hmm. that if we don't give our will back to him every day and we realize that we're not the center of the universe anymore, that's that's what I really had to understand is that I was I was the center of my universe for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. And that worked for a while. And it was fun for a while being the king of the castle um, until it wasn't. Right. You know? So, uh, you know, uh, if, I, if I give it back to him every day and, and understand that, you know, this is a daily reprieve and I've got, I've got to ask for guidance every day, but it's, it's mainly about, you know, making sure that I'm not doing my will and that I'm, I'm sincerely asking to do his will and do what's, what's best for the world around me instead of just me. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you mentioned that it's a daily reprieve. I think that's so important. So for our listeners, what he's kind of referencing on page 85, it says we're not cured of alcoholism. What we really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. 
Well, it goes on to say every day is a day when we must carry the vision of God's will into all of our activities. And I mean, that's exactly what you've been talking about, mm-hmm. right? And I think it's so important, you know, because this is this is where that one day at a time thing comes in, right? Like mm-hmm. I am carrying, you know, the vision of God's will into all of my activities one day at a time. I'm practicing the spiritual principles of this program one day at a time. So I love that you spoke to that because it's it's so important to know that like we don't just work the steps and then we're cured, right? right. Like this is, it's a lifetime thing. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to ask you, because I think this was something that confused me when I was new of like, what is the difference between doing a 10 step versus doing the nightly review in step 11? Um, I think doing a 10 step is, um, doing your 10 step definitely involves somebody else. Okay. Um, I think that that's probably the biggest difference is that your 10th step is that you're, you're, you're going through this issue or whatever, whatever the, the, the issue is, you're sharing that with another human being. And I believe that in step 11, uh, it's more of a, a, a personal reflection on mm. things. Yeah. I've never heard that before, but it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> that's Yeah. I love that too. We're talking a lot about, you know, our spiritual condition, staying spiritually fit. What does it look like for you today to stay spiritually fit? What it looks like for me today is definitely growing. So, you know, steps 10, 11, and 12, uh, when I first got into the program, were called maintenance steps. Mm. And I've learned that, that, that they're really not maintenance steps. Uh, that word maintenance, I think, only comes up once in the book. Mm. And uh, they're really growth steps. So at this point in our recovery, we've been restored to sanity. So uh, we're really required, I believe, to, to grow spiritually, to continue to grow um, our relationship with our higher power and not just not just stay stagnant. Like you said, mm-hmm. you know, we're not cured of alcoholism, but the book, you know, tells us precisely how we've recovered, right? And that means the whole book, the first 164 pages. Um, to me, that means continuing to grow your spiritual relationship with God. And like I said, you know, I'm not a spiritual guru, but I do try to make time to to grow my relationship with God. Like if you have a relationship with your significant other, obviously at first you're going to you're going to learn everything you can about that person, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're going to learn what their likes, their dislikes are, the little quirks and those are the things you kind of fall in love with, right? I think that we need to to do the same thing if we really value this relationship with our higher power, that we need to learn everything that we can about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that may mean, you know, really studying the book. That may mean uh, bringing other things into your life, whether it be, you know, um, uh, other spiritual books, other spiritual texts. Um, if, if you want to supplement your program with, with church or mm-hmm. religion, you know, that's, that's certainly something you can do as long as it stays separate from your program. Okay. Um, but I think that it's real important to continue to grow and understand what that relationship with us individually and our higher power, the God of our understanding, is. And so I try to make time for that every week to do that. Yeah, I love that. Are you looking for a way to give back and get involved with the Magdalene House? No work is too small, and our dedicated volunteers serve as a valuable resource to our organization. We couldn't help alcoholic women and their families without the priceless services they provide. We provide opportunities for all, as well as opportunities strictly for women in recovery. 
To get started, please visit our website at magdalenhouse.org volunteers and click on new volunteer sign up. I'm just like, as you're talking, I'm thinking of just like so many different lines in the book, like, you know, our <laughs> Bill story where he talks about if an alcoholic failed to perfect and enlarge his spiritual life, he would not survive the certain trials and low spots ahead. And I kind of want to ask you, like, do you have experience with, you know, going through trials and low spots in your sobriety? And what did that look like for you? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, when I first got sober, uh, I came into this program thinking, oh, this is this is going to get me sober. I thought that's all this was. You know, this mm-hmm. is going to get me sober and maybe help me stay sober. Little did I know that it was going to be uh, much bigger than that. It was going to be much more than that. It was going to really teach me how to be a better person overall yeah. and, and get down to the, the root of why I was drinking in the first place, right? You know, what are, the, what are those things that you've been carrying around that are making you want to change the way you feel? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really therapeutic how that worked. But uh, I came in and I was going to meetings and I, I eventually worked the steps, but it took me almost two years uh, and I don't recommend to anybody waiting two years to oh, to, wow. to get yeah. a sponsee <laughs> or carry the message. But I was just going to meetings and, and, you know, not always, you know, sometimes it was meetings where there was people that were telling their war stories and things like that. But it wasn't until I actually felt comfortable taking that plunge to actually sponsor somebody. Mm. That took me almost two years to do that. But up until that point, I was really kind of miserable in my recovery. I had, I was sober, but I wasn't really fulfilled. Mm. Um, and, you know, my sponsor had recommended, you know, that when you're ready, you know, it's time to sponsor somebody. It's like time to carry the message and, and help the, help the alcoholic who still suffers. Well, it took me a while to where I really felt like I could transmit that, you know, we can't transmit we have what we haven't got. And I didn't feel like I had that to transmit for a long time. Um, but once I finally took the plunge to do that and then started to carry the message at certain facilities, um, you know, here in Dallas-Fort Worth, then my whole life changed and my recovery changed. Mm. And all of a sudden I felt fulfilled, you know, that I was actually helping people and I was actually, I was actually doing what the 12th step talks about doing, which is go help some people. You know, yeah. you've been given this gift, you know, the least you can do is go and give it to somebody else. So, um, that was what really changed my life was when I finally took the plunge to do that. And uh, I would recommend to anybody who's not done that yet, uh, maybe you've worked the steps, but maybe you haven't started to sponsor and maybe you haven't carried the message. Um, I would strongly consider doing that, especially if you're feeling like, uh, like your recovery's at a standstill. You know? Right. Yeah. But I mean, the whole point of, you know, acquiring this or like having the spiritual awakening is, you know, being sober is just a happy side effect, yeah. right? Like, I'm glad I'm sober today. It makes life a lot easier. But the absolute highlight of my life is getting to help other people, right? Um, but I have found in my experience that if I am not, you know, seeking that conscious contact with God in 10 and 11, then I'm not going to be very enthusiastic about, you know, carrying the message or sponsoring in 12. Yeah. Has that also been your experience? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yes, it has been really important in my life to properly transmit that to somebody else. You've got to be spiritually fit. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that you need to be a, a spiritual guru by any means. But uh, if you've maintained a good relationship with your higher power and you've maintained your side of the street, 
you know, you've kept your side of the street clean, then you can properly go confidently and share what you've, what you've been given. But, you know, if, if I'm struggling with dealing with life on life's terms, because I'm not, I'm not staying in a good spiritually fit condition, then I'm not going to be able to transmit that. Right. So it's once you have it and you've, you've built that, it, it becomes kind of a, a habit to, to continue to do this. And you'll notice in your life, if you haven't uh, been praying or you haven't been meditating or you started to come kind of distant from your higher power, you're going to notice that once mm-hmm. it becomes part of your life, you know, um, you're going to miss it. At least I know I did. Yeah. I, and I know I do if I start to stray away from that. So, you know, if you're, if you're sponsoring somebody or trying to work with others and you're struggling with that, it probably means that you haven't maintained that, that spiritually fit condition. For yeah. Sure. I call it starting to feel the ick. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Start like feeling that. icky inside. <laughs> I like that's exactly yeah. what it feels like. Yeah. Dude. Like, cause I've, I've, you know, I've essentially fallen back asleep, right? If we can be spiritually awakened, we can fall back asleep. And I think for me, 10 and 11 is all about like staying awakened. And then 12 is about, you know, giving that to somebody else to also stay awakened, but mm-hmm. doing God's work. Right. Right. Awesome. So let's talk about the promises. Cause okay. I think step the 10 step promises are, they're all my favorite, but I love the 10 step promises. Um, do you want to read those on page 84 for us? Okay. And we have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol for by this time, sanity will have returned. We will seldom be interested in liquor. If tempted, we recoil from it as from a hot flame. We react sanely and normally, and we will find that this has happened automatically. We will see that our new attitude toward liquor has been given us without any thought or effort on our part. It just comes. That is the miracle of it. We are not fighting it, neither are we avoiding temptation. We feel as though we had been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. We have not even sworn off. Instead, the problem has been removed. It does not exist for us. We are neither cocky nor are we afraid. That is our experience. That is how we react so long as we keep in fit spiritual condition. Oh, it's so beautiful. I just love it so much, especially the uh, ceased fighting anything or anyone. That's right. just so, you know, I mean, restored to sanity. Like, these are things that I never thought would happen for me. Right? Right. Agreed. <laughs> it's just so cool. And then for the 11-step promises, they're kind of sprinkled all through the unawakening reading. But I think the ones that kind of stuck out to me is on page 88, It says, we become much more efficient. We do not tire so easily, for we are not burning up energy foolishly as we did when we were trying to arrange life to suit ourselves. And then the best one, it works, it really does. Right. Just absolutely beautiful. And I just, you know, it's crazy. I've been, you know, exposed to this book for, you know, several years since I've been sober. And it's just like, sometimes you read things and they just pop out. Yeah. Even though you've read it a hundred times before. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what happened to me earlier when I was looking through this to prepare. I was like, oh, man, like, look at that. It's so <laughs> it's right, cool. <laughs> it's right there. Yeah. I've never seen it that way before. Yeah. So yeah. in regards to the promises, have these come true for you? Yeah, absolutely. So like going back to the 10-step promises, you know, what's, what's great about uh, recovery is I don't think about drinking. I don't think about not drinking. It just doesn't come into play. I've learned how to deal with life on life's terms other ways. And for somebody who's like struggling, that probably, I think for me, before I got sober, that sounded impossible. Yeah. It sounded impossible. It did. I mean, it, it wasn't even, you know, you can't um, 
differentiate the truth from the false, right? Mm-hmm. My reality had become, you know, drinking. I, I didn't think there was any other way. I was, I was surrendered to it. You know, it was my higher power yeah. at that point. And I, I had no other means of dealing with life on life's terms. I didn't even know that there was a solution other than that. And what I've learned now, you know, having been restored to sanity, you know, the fact that I don't think about it, I don't think about not doing it. It's not even, a, it doesn't even come in on the radar anymore as that being an option. So that's, that blows my mind. That's so cool. Because, then, you know, there was a time <laughs> when that, you know, that was not even on the radar. And now it's, um, yeah, it's definitely a hot flame and I'm not touching a hot flame by any means. That's so cool. That is so cool. And then with the, so with the 11 step promises kind of talking about that, I didn't read that part, but there's another part where it talks about what used to be the hunch, this is on 87, what used to be the hunch or the occasional inspiration gradually becomes a working part of the mind. Like, do you feel like you've kind of developed that, you know, there's another place in the book where it's referred to as the God consciousness, mm-hmm. right? Do you think that that's kind of happened for you? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, what used to be the hunch or occasional inspiration, you know, that was probably me back when I was still drinking was, um, I believed in a higher power, but again, it was, it was not something that I was making any room for because I was too busy with my other higher power at the time, which Mm -hmm. was drinking and, and myself, you know, I was, I was my own higher power and that was, that was something I had to learn. But, but yeah, I, I mean, have I been able to, uh, be inspired by my higher power more often now? Absolutely. It becomes part of the, uh, the daily ritual, you know, like, you know, when I first got sober, you know, my nightly inventory might've been a bigger list, mm. but you know, now there's nights when, when that list is, you know, the page is empty, you mm. know, it's like, I went through a whole day and I don't really have anything to be. Didn't step on any toes, <laughs> step on... you know, didn't do anything crazy. Yeah. yeah didn't, didn't, <laughs> didn't treat anybody wrong, you know? And, um, and, and didn't, you know, maybe didn't even treat myself wrong. That's one thing I kind of skip over sometimes when I'm doing my nightly materials. Was I, was I respectful to myself? Mm. You know, did I treat myself with honesty? Was I, was I dishonest to myself about anything? Yeah. Uh, so that's something that kind of gets pushed to the side sometimes, but I try to, I try to make sure that I include myself in that too. But, but yeah, does it, be, does it become a working part of the mind? I think it does. Yeah. Uh, and I'm very grateful for that because it helps me go throughout my day and if I don't conduct myself that way now, it bothers me. Yeah. For sure. And I, I love that, you know? Yeah. And I always like to ask people this question of like, was there a point in time, like as you were working the steps or maybe after you finished them working with a sponsee where you just kind of had this realization that you had had a spiritual awakening? Like where it was like, oh, like, oh, it happened. <laughs> Yeah, um, I think, yeah, the, the miracle happened. So I recently had a sponsee go through the 12 steps. Mm-hmm. And he was uh, the first one that I had that actually went through the whole steps. Yeah, oh, I love it. I love it when we get those. <laughs> oh, my God. It was it was amazing, you know. And um, I couldn't believe that I had helped guide him through the steps. But I also realized that, you know, it wasn't me. I was just, I was just a guide. You know, mm-hmm. I, I wasn't... Uh, I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, his spiritual guru. I know I've used that word a lot, but, um, <laughs> it's appropriate. Uh, yeah. yeah. But, so I guided him through the steps and it was miraculous. And, um, I kind of got a little teary eyed, you know, when we talked about it, when I still see him now, I'm just so proud of him because he's come such a long way, you know, but it's, it's, what's really amazing about it is the humility is that, um, I have no 
pride. Mm. There's like zero pride about that. It's just, I know that that was done through me. You know, yeah. that, that guiding him through the steps was something. I was just a vehicle for that. Yeah. And there was a time in my life before when I would have tried to, you know, wear that on my shoulder and, yeah. and tell the world, look what I've done, you know. But it's so not about that now. It's about really giving back what I've, what I've, the gift I've been given, if I can give that back to somebody. So, um, but yeah, now I just need more sponsees. Yeah. <laughs> Don't we all? Don't we all? I mean, that's like my favorite part about the program. And I love that you're so passionate about it too, is getting to watch the light come on in somebody else. You know, as a sponsor, I absolutely love it. But then also working here, you know, getting to be a part of the Magdalene House uh, community as a staff member and seeing that transformation happen in the lives of people who come through our programs, who join our community. Um, and I'm super excited for you get to get to see that with men. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's going to be absolutely amazing. So what would you tell somebody who is either new or maybe they've been here a while and they're struggling with steps 10 and 11? Um, I would say really to, to focus on what progress that you've made in steps four through nine. Um, because step 10 is really just a, a, a combination of those steps. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, you might be struggling, but look at all the progress that you've made now. Are you restored to sanity? Mm. Then start making this a habit. Like um, one of the people in my in my home group um, really made a suggestion to me that really was seemed seemed pretty simple, a no brainer. He's like, put a reminder in your phone, you know. So I did. <laughs> I put a reminder in my phone that says, "Get with God." And it reminds me every day to get with God, you know, and it, and it stays there as a reminder. Like if I don't do it in the morning, it's going to stay until I dismiss that reminder. Mm-hmm. So using technology for spirituality is something you can do. It's okay to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that's, yeah, that's something I would definitely uh, recommend to people is, and especially people who are struggling with their, with their higher power, you know, and we agnostics, you know, it mm-hmm. talks to that, you know, uh, your higher power just needs to be something besides you it, yeah. it just make sure that it's not you uh, make sure that your higher power and just understand that that you're not the center of the universe that you're just you're just one of many drops in the ocean you know and uh, I think that it's important if you're struggling with prayer just just make it a habit and and also understand it doesn't need to be anything too complicated it can be something very simple you know you know God help guide me today yeah. you know God help me do your will today uh, it could be a quick, simple sentence, whatever works for you, you know, make it simple and make it work for you and personalize it to, to what your recovery means and what your truth is. And I think that's, that's the most, that's probably the best advice I could give somebody for that. That's great advice. I like, keep it simple, right? Yeah. Keep it simple, man. Absolutely. Awesome. Okay. So for my final question, what would you want someone to know about the Magdalene house? What would you want to tell them? I would want them to know that this is such an amazing opportunity for somebody, not only because the the very specific qualified care that, that you can get, but it, for, for it to be at no cost, is just amazing. Still kind of blows my mind. Um, <laughs> you know, what they've done for women in the past 37 years, and I think it's really because they focused on one thing, doing one thing and doing it really, really well. Mm. Um, and that's what amazes me just about how well run the organization is. But if, if we can do, if you've been able to do such a good job and have such a, an amazing, uh, success 
with so many women, just think of what we can do for men. Um, You know, there's obviously a a much higher amount of of men struggling with alcoholism out there. Um, So if you can have a program that's specific for you, that's going to give you some tools uh, that are going to supplement what, you know, yeah, you may be working on your recovery. You may be going through the steps. You may have a sponsor, but um, if I had had a program like this, when I got sober, when I first got sober, um, I would have loved to have something like this to really give me the things I needed to supplement my recovery to help me get out and help some other people a little sooner. Right. Um, and to really understand how to work the steps completely. Um, so it's, I think it's an invaluable tool, and I think that anyone in recovery would do well to have themselves in this program. That's awesome. Sean, thank you so much for being here. I just absolutely love your passion for, you know, not just what we're doing here at Maggie's, but just the 12 steps and helping alcoholics, period. It's absolutely beautiful to see. So thank you for spending time with me today. Thank you. It was my pleasure. Yeah. And for our listeners, we will see you next time. Take care. This has been a Studying the Steps series podcast hosted by Kelsey Amos and brought to you by the Magdalene House. I am Bryn Hansen, host of our Recovered Interviews with Alcoholic Women series. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Tune in every Wednesday for a new release from one of our four series. To learn more about the Magdalene House and the services we offer, visit magdalenehouse.org or follow us on your favorite social media channels.